what is driving the trend of marketers yeah. wanting to take control. That's what agencies are brilliant at. And we think yes. that there is a huge risk involved in, in housing. In housing of media, mm -hmm. it's not a fad, it is a trend. Yes. Uh, so we're going to just use some time here, let's just talk about in housing. Yeah. It's a really kind of big topic. So uh, we're going to think about, well first of all, let's just talk about what it is, uh, why it's happening, mm -hmm. because we can draw lines back to some key things which we yeah. think have kind of triggered this. Uh, we're going to look at who's doing it, because there's a number of different people experimenting in that area. Um, and also then how to do it, or perhaps, perhaps more how to avoid some of the pitfalls. And we think yes. that there is a huge risk involved in in-housing. So what is it? How do we define in-housing? So in-housing is when advertisers bring the responsibility of key disciplines within kind of media management and media buying in-house, mm -hmm. taking that responsibility away from their agencies. Yeah. And it's not building an agency in-house necessarily. It doesn't mean firing your agency, right? It's just, just making decisions about what you're going to do yourself Absolutely. and what you want your agencies yeah. to do. And that's quite a good exercise mm -hmm. to go through anyway. Um, so why is it happening? What has driven it now? Because it comes up again and again in the last six months or nine months or so, we're getting more and more advertisers asking us to define these operating models and more and more suggesting that they want to take greater control or, yeah. or in-house some of their media. So what's driving that? I think most advertisers that are considering it are, are being sensible. They're looking to future-proof the way that they manage media yeah. uh, in line with the way that the market is going. Mm -hmm. As more and more media becomes biddable in its, in its execution, uh, there will become less reliance on their agency partners to drive better pricing through scale. Yeah. And that's something that enables them the responsibilities or the power to sort of do it internally. So yeah. they're, they're future-proofing their business, but by looking at the dynamics and the way that the market is going. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so th and this is something, we talked about this a little bit on Media Snack before, this idea that you know, agencies over the years have aggregated buying scale. And what we mean by that is that they just pull lots of advertisers' money together so they can negotiate better prices for everybody and better value. Um, in a biddable market, so when you're buying in an auction-based method, uh, scale becomes less important because you actually you bid, as an advertiser, you would bid on a particular piece of media inventory based on how valuable do you think that is. So the smarter you can be, you can exercise brain power in this case, not, not so much buying power. The smarter that you can be, the better. That gives yeah. you competitive advantage. And now you've got some really big companies. You know, these are not just these, uh, you know, what we call the, you know, the high performance digital marketers, yeah. like on the fringes of the industry perhaps, even though some of them are mm. quite substantial, but you know, big legacy CPG brands, big global CPG brands and you know, big legacy companies now realizing that their scale is, not, is less competitive advantage right. perhaps than it was. Mm. Um, and I think that, you know, at the beginning of this year, I mean P&G is one example, Mark Pritchard, chief brand officer, he seems to be the darling of Media Snack because we talk about him almost every week, uh, but there's a reason for that because he said at the beginning of the year, we're taking more control and he said we're putting our hands back on the keyboard, Absolutely. which is a very nice description. And I think that's it. It's, a, it's about control. Yeah. Okay. And it's about, uh, it's about taking accountability for media decision making in the most important way internally. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, 
everything being equal, you would rather have your own employees making critical decisions around how to spend your media mm. to drive a business outcome than perhaps outsourcing that to a third party. Yeah. So I think as the market becomes more adaptable to in-house media buying, then it's just become, going to become more and more prevalent. Yeah. And, and one of the big questions on that is, you know, it's a bit chicken and egg. Like, is it being driven by marketers desire to take control or is this a, res a response to a lack of delivery from agencies? Mm. Is, this a, is this a failure of media agencies that's causing marketers? And I think there's a, there's a good case to make there. It's, it's going to be a balance of probably both of those things. But you know, as a marketer, as a buyer of media, if my marketplace is not innovating yeah. in the way that I need to, I will just take control and I will drive the innovation I need to maintain competitive advantage. So if I'm not getting that, so that's a big question when it comes to in-housing. You know, the agencies have got to account for what is driving the trend of marketers yeah. wanting to take control. You cannot stand by and say like, hey, it's nothing, we had nothing to do with this. Because if you were supplying the solution for a CMO mm -hmm. that reassured them of all of the things that they're seeking, then you'd imagine that that would be a thriving new agency yeah. industry. Uh, and you'd have less advertisers saying, you know what, we're just going to do it ourselves. Yeah. So I think, it's, I think it's a failing on that side. I don't know what the answer is for an agency, but I think they've missed an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And the risk now is that they're going to see you know, things slipping through their fingers because the trend now seems to yeah. be marketers figuring out, actually, this is quite a good strategy. Absolutely. And keeping that, that knowledge base in internal yeah. right? and, and beginning to build on that and continuing to become slightly more uh, adaptive and predictive in yeah. the way that you kind of go to market and you buy your media. Yeah, exactly. And like data is the thing. So let's just think about, so who is, who is in-housing media mm -hmm. right now? Uh, if, uh, this is a little while back, we'll link back to it, but we, we talk a lot here about the five states of control when it comes to media. And really that's a kind of progression of control, which you'll see in the uh, video linked above, uh, from very uh, you know, decentralized, uh, delegating off to agency control at one end, through to the other extreme, which yeah. is full in-housing. And m most people, of course, are somewhere on that spectrum uh, in between. But the trend is, is to be fragmenting scope, which is what we mean by that is a marketer saying, let's look at all of the media function end to end and figure out what we need to build ourselves and actually what we need to buy externally. Yeah. And that's changing the way they work with external agencies. But uh, the, build, the build ourselves is mm. the beginning of in-housing. Yeah. What should we control ourselves? And so in that video, in the in-housing, we talked about two types of advertising, yeah. right? So we talked about businesses that are uh, predominantly performance online businesses yeah. that have organically grown their own internal agency requirements because that's the way that the business goes. Businesses yeah. like EA or Netflix. Yeah. But then more increasingly now, there are those big businesses that spend a lot of money that are looking to be far more sophisticated in their usage of data yeah. to enable them to experiment with in-housing. And uh, Anheuser-Busch is a, is, a, is a good example yeah. of that. Uh, RBS are exploring uh, in-housing, L'Oreal are doing it, and the most, probably the most, the most high-profile big business that has gone live with this is Vodafone, yeah. right? So, uh, to great fanfare, they've in-housed or decided to in-house all of their programmatic buying yeah. and taken that away from their incumbent media agency. Yeah, exactly. 
and it, which relies on all of the things that we've just been talking about, you know, as we understand, some of the motivation for that uh, was the opportunity to get just greater transparency mm. of the supply chain, take greater control, all of those things. But for these businesses that have, you know, there's lots of them that have traditionally relied on buying media on an industrial scale. Yeah. You know, we talk about a P&G or a L'Oreal or a Ricketts and, you know, Vodafone. These are, these are big mass market advertisers. These aren't advertisers who want to improve a bit of their programmatic digital buying. Mm. They are starting with that to build the capability. So this is a long-term play. They're building for the future. Absolutely. Um, that's, the, I think, the most interesting thing. This is why we say it's a trend and not a fad. Mm. And there's been tons of research already into this. And it's just the early days, but tons of research. WFA did a good piece last year. Um, Digiday, uh, the trade publication, um, Infectious Media, which right. is an independent programmatic agency, all, all been looking at trends in in-housing and they all come up with different numbers, but the trend that they're all showing is that in-housing is growing, has grown, and the trend is going to continue. Absolutely, and that's reflected actually in the conversations that we have, uh, almost without exception. Yeah. Uh, there are two themes of, of uh, inquiry when, when brands come and talk to us. The first is operating models, how yeah. to begin to start looking at operating models to get the very most out of media. But yeah. secondly is what to consider when thinking about in-housing or what to, how to develop a strategy when looking at in-housing in the future. Yeah, okay, let's talk about how. I guess when we talk about how, I mean our hypothesis here is that some of this is going to end badly. Undoubtedly. Uh, so let's just think about where it's going to go wrong yeah. uh, first off. So what, what are the kind of areas to be aware of for anyone thinking about yeah. in-housing or toying with the idea? Well firstly, I mean it's a, it's a big undertaking yeah. and it needs to be considered properly. I think uh, those that perhaps are more likely to fail are the ones that just don't prepare strategically for such an important kind of initiative yeah. internally. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a long-term investment. Remember, it's a trend, not a fad. This isn't a, a you know, we, we can buy media ourselves like right now and save some money. Although some of the case studies, AB InBev is a really good example of where they, you know, they're very good at kind of mm. documenting, tracking progress, and they are showing that they're saving, realizing savings uh, and they can reinvest. That's yeah. what Pritchard said, I want to reinvest in the, art, the craft of creativity. Mm. It's great motivation. There's a long-term strategy. It's not a tactic, uh, so that the prep and the planning yeah. is critical, otherwise it's destined to fail. And those that kind of see this as, as the next big silver bullet and perhaps uh, look at in-housing in a knee-jerk reaction, yeah. wanting to kind of get to the top of the kind of curve and do it in an ill-considered way, I yeah. think are, are, are likely to fail. Yeah, uh, and one of the things I would be really concerned about and we can kind of sense this in some places, I think this might be happening, is that taking buying away from your agency mm. that you've worked with for a, maybe for a long time, you've got a good relationship with, you know, that's a, a sizable chunk of the, their scope. Yeah. So that means that leaves them with the resource. And also, it's, a, it's a, probably a sizable chunk of their income and their mm. profit, you know, particularly in the digital stuff. I mean, that's been you know, yeah. you know, regarded as highly profitable for agencies. You're taking away something which is quite valuable. You just need to do that very carefully, the way that you kind of extract that from the agency yeah. so that you can maintain their level of support in those disciplines. Uh, you don't want to create scenarios, and we can see that these may be happening in some places where you, know, you antagonize the agency by ripping away some scope. Of course, the agency's 
you know, they're not going to hope you fail, they mm. support you, but then maybe, yeah. you know, long term, that's maybe good for them if mm. it doesn't quite work out as well as, as, as you hope. So you've got to do that in a very careful way, a really good way. And this brings us to think about what's the role of a media agency in the future, which we've talked about a lot, is, you know, if you're taking control of buying, it changes the role of the agency and hopefully that elevates them to a more consultative role in the way that we've been actually strongly advocating. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, for me, the, the biggest challenge though of all, which is a slightly softer yeah. challenge, is, is around talent. Yeah. Uh, and in particular, how do you maintain kind of motivation and creativity and uh, inspiration with the talent that you bring? Yeah. And that's, that's what agencies are brilliant at. Uh, you know, agencies are very good at inspiring the people that they that they work with to deliver brilliant work yeah. because they give them different contact, different clients to work with, different perspectives. When you have a team working exclusively internally, there is a danger that they may go native, right? That they become yeah. so insular in the way that they operate that you lose some kind of value because they're not being inspired from external kind of sources. Yeah. And that, I think, is, is going to be the greatest challenge of all uh, when it comes to businesses that, that bring talent in. Yeah, exactly. So, the, you know, the worst fail of this is going to be where it actually just creates silos. Yeah. Uh, again, so it's got to be done in an integrated way and you've got, your people have got to be open to outside influence. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you build a wall around. Um, okay, so some of the pitfalls. So approaching this... And this is definitely something we need to revisit yeah. uh, and we'll do, I think in a few weeks time, we're going to come back and think about really more the practicalities and the, the, you know, our recommendations of things that we've been advocating to, to some big advertisers in this space. Maybe yeah. we can share some of those kind of principles. But basically, what should marketers do? What should you be thinking then as a marketer about well, in-housing? Well, you need to firstly you know, approach it as an investment, as you mentioned earlier yeah. on. This is not uh, a, a a method of saving money. Yeah. Okay. So you need to look at media as an investment, as a lever for business growth, and this is a strategy by which that will be delivered. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one of the other things as well, you know, once you start looking at it as an investment, you start to interrogate where your money goes because you're not buying just cheap inventory, which has been yeah. uh, you know, one, of, one of the failings, if, if you like, a lot of the kind of automated or, uh, buying models. You know, you need verified humans being engaged and touched mm -hmm. with your, your messages um, and to have really full transparency over the supply chain. So yeah. that's really a start, another start point is to figure out actually what you're doing and where your money's going yeah. as, a, as, a, as a base. Yeah. And then probably the, the third thing is can be ready to take control. I mean, that's what you're doing, right? You're yeah. bringing in control and responsibility of a really important part of your media yeah. management process. Be ready for it. Yeah. Um, and then you can kind of capitalize on the opportunity, but you have to be ready. Yeah. So you, you learn to drive. Don't just go out and buy a car, learn to drive. That's the, the first thing. And that takes a little while. Yeah. Um, and you've got to have the team, a team that can be aligned to make decisions. Otherwise, you're going to be a very lonely single person with a, suddenly a lot of things to play with, being asked to make decisions which impact both the business and external partners. So you need to kind of galvanize a team. Yeah. Uh, to start with around that. You don't need to hire, but just get everybody kind of aligned to that. Mm -hmm. And the control is coming, and this is what I think we'll talk about in our future episode. This is our general recommendation. Control comes in three areas. Data, that can take a long time to organize yeah. data, but it's a strategy, has to be done. Contracts, 
So changing the contract, change contracts with agencies, vendors, partners, platforms, tech, all these kind of things, ad serving, all have to be updated and amended. So there's a schedule of going through all of that and then taking control of decision-making. So slowly impact some decision-making which historically you may have outsourced. So those are the three areas perhaps we'll, we'll revisit next time. Yeah. Right then, good week four. For agency leaders. Okay, So not based on what we've just been talking about. <laughs> but agency, agency leadership. Okay. Uh, Michael Roth, the CEO of IPG, yep. uh, is developing a succession plan and he's taken some suggestions to the board and I think that indicates that they uh, are in good place I think to, yeah. to, to look at that kind of IPG's leadership structure and secondly uh, Artur Sadoun and yeah. Steve King uh, leaders of Publicis group have been reappointed to the board uh, a reflection I think of, of uh, how well regarded they are within that, yeah. that group as, a, as leaders. So um, I, think that's a, I think that's a very big positive. Mm -hmm. So bad week for? Bad week, sad to say it's a bad week for trust and transparency. Um, we, this week we published wave two of our global media transparency report and loyal viewers will remember back in 2016 uh, which is just before the ANA's transparency report came out actually it was about the same kind of time uh, we do some market analysis and, and ask marketing, media and procurement leaders from around the world. Uh, There's about 230, I think, on, on this wave. Uh, their views of transparency and trust as it relates to their relationships with agencies. Mm -hmm. um, things were pretty bleak in 2016. We were hoping it was going to show some kind of marked improvement because we feel that things have probably improved. Yeah. Um, but sadly, it's, it's actually dropped a little bit in the, in the last two years. So wave two we've just published. We'll link down below. You can download the full report from our website. Um, the slight glimmer of hope is that there is optimism that trust is going to improve over the next 12 months. Um, you know, but it's a good question. Like, are, not that you asked the question, but it's a good question. Um, you know, is some of this in-housing yeah. motivation related in some way to trust and transparency issues? I don't know. I know that's a long time. Uh, right, question of the week. Yep. What do you think? Will a lot of in-housing fail? Yes, no, water. Okay, so that's Media Snack for this week. Thank you very much for watching. Bye for now. See you next time. Yeah, in-housing and media, it's not a fad, it's a trend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Okay. In-housing of media mm -hmm. is not a... A fad. It's a trend. <laughs>